This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Welcome to the Art of Thriving podcast, where we talk about our journey and how to thrive no matter the situation or circumstance. I'm Jody, and this is my main squeeze over here. That's me, Matt McComas. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for that introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's right. So, where are we? So, we're back where at we it. Today? It is May something, 7th, Don't even know. 8th. I don't even know. It is springtime, the sun is shining, we're in our little office in the back of the house, office slash laundry room, Which world, is world headquarters. at the moment. Yeah, we paused so the laundry so no you can't hear that this. going. Um, we've got a cat on our desk in front of us, we've got some LaCroix, um, our kid is out front playing video games, probably. Yeah, you know. Perusing the internet. Online school is... Online school is uh, happening. Terrible. Question mark, I guess, so... That's right. Um, so we're in the office, and we're good to go. We love Here we it. are. It only took us like an hour to figure out what in the world we're doing today. <laughs> I don't know why it has to be so difficult. Technology can just be difficult, but here we are. We're excited to be here. Yep. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Yes. And today, we are going to talk about something we are passionate about that is really important to us. We don't always get it right, but it's still really important to us. And it is about loving your neighbor. And like we're, we're your talking literal yeah, your, neighbor. Your literal neighbor, the person across the street, next door, in your neighborhood, those people that you cross paths paths with every every day, every week. Yep. So th- yeah, this is really important to us personally. So I'm excited to share a little bit what's going on with us in our hearts and minds and all those things. So Okay, so let's back up here a little bit. So we live in an older neighborhood, um, kind of a, a pretty walkable neighborhood. So it is, um, we do have some benefits to being able to engage our neighborhood. Yeah, and um, we, we chose that intentionally. We didn't yeah. want some something where we were just driving in and out of. There wasn't engagement. Yeah. So there's challenges to depending on where you live, if you're in an apartment building or in the suburbs or in rural. But I will say, like, the, I think the concepts really do translate uh, across those different circumstances. Yep. Um, and I think the invitation that, from my perspective, that God invites us into, um, or the, the uh, capacity that God invites us into, is um, it's common across all those different contexts. So uh, let's back up. We've been in Portland about 10 years, mm-hmm. moved from a small town in Montana, smaller town, and um, there was some stuff we were thinking about. Mm-hmm. And um, we were trying to be pretty intentional as we moved in, um, to kind of kick off our engagement in the city. So let me just run through a couple of those things, and then we'll we'll talk about kind of current status, too, of what we're thinking about. But when we moved here, we were really challenged to think differently about moving in, almost with, um, uh, let's see, like a church, not church planner mindset or missionary mindset, but more like 
how can we engage in a way that's really healthy for us and makes our neighborhood better? Um, we knew it was a, a very different culture than where we were moving from. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have, we couldn't know everything. Uh, but we were, we were also keeping in mind a couple key things about um, how we wanted to begin to do life, to do life here. Um, so there are a couple kind of key principles that we were thinking about. And I think ring two, ring true today. One is that we really believe that God is at work here. And he has been at work here way before we were here. And will be at work here long after we're gone. Yep. And so um, he's not absent. And Portland Which has is, a reputation for... Yeah. yeah, go ahead. And I think to some extent when we moved from Montana to here and, I mean, we were in full-time ministry at the time and we just thought... And I said this and now I... I like oh I kind of cringe because I felt like we were leaving the land of milk and honey right to to this barren place where God is not at work and that was just not true. God is always at work and when we view other places like that when we other other people when we make them um so far from God it's it's just such a terrible well, viewpoint. It's a little bit it's a little bit prideful too it's that God totally is only at work prideful. where I'm at is a little bit dangerous. So Yeah, and there's depravity everywhere yeah, because yeah. humans are everywhere. So that was that was not a great mindset coming in. Um because I've seen God at work here in amazing ways. Yeah. And I yeah, the belief that God is at work here um, allows me to not come in with like a savior mentality, but more yes. of like a partnership mentality that I'm gonna join with what he is doing already here. Um so the we didn't get that perfect, but that was in the back of my mind as we engaged. And um, we use this term shalom quite a bit, and we'll talk about that in a second. But we were just partnering with God to seek the shalom of the city. And that's where that, that verse that Jody read earlier um, mm-hmm. talks about that. So uh, a couple other things that we were thinking about. We wanted to engage um, really in a way that was helpful. So be present, to listen, to show up when needed, to learn. Um uh, Tim Keller actually talks about this, a pastor in New York City, but to not just consume or uh, blend in either, mm-hmm. but to actually like look differently um, and not just consume. It's really easy to consume. In fact, looking back, man, we ate out a lot because there's dang good food. Good yeah, food and here. entertainment. And, and entertainment and I mean, all those things. You see it. People Shopping, like, yeah. want to come into the city just to use it for the things that are pleasurable and then badmouth it on the way right. out because right. of the things you don't like. That's the consumer mentality. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So we wanted to engage, be present, listen, show up. Show up. Um, didn't want to just blend in. So uh, so I think the challenge for us as followers of Jesus was really like how to be authentically ourselves, to not shy away from uh, the fact that we know and follow Jesus and we want to help others experience that same thing too. Mm -hmm. Um, But in a way that is relevant uh, and what I mean is relevant is that like people can engage with in a way that's really helpful for them. It doesn't have to be smoke and mirrors sort of thing. It can be um, really honest and authentic. So we don't get it all right. I don't get it all right every time, but those are the, th- the stuff that we were thinking about as we moved into our neighborhood. Um, but then, like Jody said, we also like chose our neighborhood really specifically because it's very community-oriented, it's walkable, it's close to the center of, um, yeah, the urban area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just, it's really easy to meet our neighbors, which is really fun for us in a lot of ways, most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> There's other times. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's not to say that it's all been fun and easy. We actually do have some neighbors that we literally have to love by faith and it daily. And yeah. it, it is not easy. It's not easy for me. <laughs> and yeah. um, so I get to really put it into practice. Yeah. So now we, I mean, we've got a little little lot, a house that was built in 1923. We're right off a kind of a park and kind of the the old houses kind of go around the park right next to a school. So it's it feels like a very old neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and we work at home. We obviously live here. Our kids have been home. And so for a year, like, we've been just kind of constrained to this, like, city block, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've engaged our neighbors in lots of different ways. So, okay, so we've been here. We've been in this house for about eight and a half years in Portland for about ten years. Um, so... Yeah. What have we learned? So many things. <laughs> so many things. But do we want to talk about what shalom actually means? Yeah, talk about that for a minute. Because I think that, well, and every year I begin to understand more and more of what that means. Um, it means peace and wholeness. But even that word peace, I feel like people misuse it. And even in the last year has have definitely misused it because we think of it as something that don't rock the boat. Um, let's just be peacekeepers. But real peace is so much more than that. Uh, I read a quote just a couple weeks ago, and one writer said, Shalom experienced is multidimensional, complete well-being, physical, psychological, social, and spiritual. It flows from all of one's relationships being put right with God within oneself and with others. Um, God cares about like that whole, the wholeness Mm-hmm. Peace is wholeness, and that means seeing all of who you are and bringing that into the place that you live yeah. and seeking that. And so you can't ignore um, certain aspects of that and call it peace. Right. So it's not just an absence of tension or friction or conflict, right. um, although like true peace will get there. Um, but there's often those things that need to happen. Yep. Um, to move us toward wholeness or mm-hmm. renewal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a holistic, like complete well-being, emotional, mental, spiritual, relational. Yep. Yeah. And God has to be a part of that for it to be right. the peace right, right, that he's right. talking about, which so much of the world doesn't have. Um, yeah. But we get to be like an example of that, someone who brings that into a space as best we can in the broken world that we live in. Yeah, so I was thinking about this. Um, I read a book. It was about faith and work and, like, how work is to represent uh, the kingdom of God. And they were using the example of the little pink spoon at Baskin and Robbins. And <laughs> did, you, did I tell you about this? I have heard this. Um, so that th- it's a sample spoon, right? And uh, the book is just like, it's a taste. It's a foretaste of the coming glory of that cup of ice cream that you're going to get. Um, and I was like, that for some <laughs> silly reason that just stuck with me that like that's our call is to provide a taste or a glimpse of the fullness of God's kingdom that mm-hmm. will show up eventually, where there's no more tears, no more brokenness, uh, things are made right, and all things are made mm-hmm. new, and that's a beautiful picture. So we're invited into that story. We're partnering with the Holy Spirit Jesus to to bring little pockets of God's kingdom around, yep. and that's and that's part of. Neighboring. That's part of Absolutely. loving our neighbor. You know, I mean, part of <laughs> that prayer that were was modeled for us is, I mean, God wants it to bring his kingdom now. Mm-hmm. It's not just for later. It's right. 
It's here and now. It's very active presently, 100%. So yep. that's good. Shalom. So Okay, so you got a picture of Shalom. Mm-hmm. And that, that's something that we think a lot about. And we actually like talk a lot about that with our kids, too, which is really interesting, mm-hmm. their takes on, on that stuff. And then um, practically, what does that look like? Like, right. how do we do that in small pieces here and there? And yep. we've done all kinds of things to try to engage and to love people and to build trust and get to know others. And, yep. um, and not just for, like, what we can bring, but we benefit from these relationships. But we have learned and grown so much. And even in the last year, our neighbors have been some of the people who have sustained us. And kept Absolutely. us sane. And they're not all Christ followers. They are amazing and have been a key part of our thriving. Yep, absolutely. Okay, before we get into the, like, the really nitty-gritty of what we've actually done. Okay. Really, rotate, for us, rotates around hospitality and that type of it stuff. Does. But a um, couple of things that we've, we think about that we've learned or experienced along the way. And one of them I just want to highlight is um, I just wrote down unconditional grace is relevant. Um even in a in a place that is, I would say, incredibly liberal. Like, if you're there's a spectrum of liberalness mm-hmm. across the U.S., we're on the far end for yep. sure culturally. Um, which I actually, it's actually really interesting to be a Jesus follower in this um, because that picture of God's grace, where you don't have to earn and you can't earn some sort of renewal, some sort of grace um, gift. Um, it's really, really relevant. It's still uh, eye-opening to people here. Mm-hmm. And it's an antidote to really like a city environment that is really based around performance, productivity, or um, creative. Like your identity is defined by what you do. That's the culture for sure. Mm-hmm. Or how you, um, your lifestyle. It's the antidote to that. Unconditional grace is very relevant. And it draws people in, in a way that is very intriguing and points people toward the work of Jesus. Yeah. So I was just thinking about that. Um, yeah. What else do you want to share? Anything? I would, yeah. I need to talk about this. Like some, when are like the most formative times for us related to this? Uh, I mean, just being present, like making margins so that we have time, if not every day, like in the week and mm-hmm. in the month, we have rhythms where we slow down and we have margins where we just sit. We sit on our porch so we can interact with our neighbors. We sit by the driveway. Yeah. We go to the park. Um, we make ourselves available just to it's really interact. Like, yeah, it's really like the simple, mundane moments of slowing down, doing that. I, I think, too, just like recognizing that this work of being a good neighbor, loving your neighbor, is slow. Yeah. I, it's not meant to be fast. It's meant to be – you can certainly build trust like pretty quickly mm-hmm. um, in relationships – but the work is over years. The work is engaging with a, in a friendship, watching their life progress and engaging in those moments of either great joy or great pain and being there alongside yeah, them. Not a project mentality, a relationship mentality. Yeah. And going back to that verse that we read and we like you painted that on our garden boxes when we moved mm-hmm. in. And it's true. Like it says, come in and plant roots. Like it takes time to plant roots Mm -hmm. and to grow and to flourish. And so knowing like this is not something we're just going to slip in and then slip out. Like we were here to plant roots and to be here for a long time. Yeah. Until God moves elsewhere, you know. And I don't know if there's a better way to build trust in a way that in those moments of 
you know, if, like one time we a neighbor stopped by just randomly and he just got divorced and he let me know. He just like pulled over in his truck. He was driving by and I was out front. It's like those moments, like, I don't know if there's another way. If I had just slipped in as like treated this neighborhood as a project, slipped in, um, he would never have done that. But he knows that I'm here. I'm planted. Mm-hmm. I'm invested. Um, he knows I'm not going anywhere. So he feels safe to be vulnerable with me and mm-hmm. I'm vulnerable when needed. And so we're not isolated. We're in, we're uh, um, by, bound together in some mm-hmm. some neighborly ways, you know. Mm-hmm. This is not in our notes. It might throw. That's okay. Throw this conversation. Do it. I love those. Okay, so going off of unconditional grace, and here is what is interesting, and we'll actually get to a specific instance. Um, but I feel like I've seen the love of God and the love of neighbor in our city in ways that I haven't even seen in the church in the last year, especially Um, just as COVID, as an example, like our neighbors who don't claim to love and follow Jesus have been more concerned about loving their neighbor well, putting on a mask, because even if they don't think it's for their benefit, they really believe it's for the benefit of their neighbor and they are willing to do it. And they're willing to sacrifice, and they're willing to use their voice. That's their and focus. They're other, they're thinking about other. People they are others sure. focused in the city. It is so incredible to me, and I just I don't know what that disconnect is with the church. Like, there's, why can we not love our neighbor in that way? There's a little bit of. I mean, you get into the kind of liberal conservative politics, but there's a view of here that there it's more communal. It's more. Um, it's less individual rights. It's, hey, I'm, especially in the city where you're bumping up against each other, yep. where you have less space, where you are interconnected and where your actions ha- have influence on others. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit of more, and that's where you'll get into like all kinds of arguments about socialism, pros and cons and all that stuff. But, uh, but communal living is biblical. Right. So <laughs> the idea of that you are connected yeah. and thinking about the common good of the community community that you're in, yeah. I think is the call. I mean, it's hard Absolutely. for me to look at scripture and, and discount this. First, certainly there's like um, this invitation to experiencing Jesus and f- the freedom that that represents and brings, but there's also this invitation to loving your neighbor. I, yeah. It's both it's both things. And I, I mean, I really believe everyone's created in the image of God and we all have like those desires are planted in us and we've been able to see it live out. Yeah. In our city, in ways that have been challenging, it's like, oh, that actually looks more like Jesus than some of what I've experienced in the church, and I want that too. Yeah. And so you know that they have that desire, and so coming alongside to say Jesus meets that need. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic Yeah. that we're in. Uh, it's fun. It's challenging in a lot of ways, personally. But Okay, so we've learned a lot. Let's talk about just some of the things that we've done just really, really practically. Somebody was asking us a while back, what mm-hmm. have you done? And um, really, they're all around like hospitality, providing space for connection, um, to foster relationships, to foster trust, mm-hmm. and really to, to have some fun, too. I yeah, we like fun. We like fun and food. This is going to come out clearly <laughs> fun and in food. this. So the very first thing I did when we moved in, and it was nasty. It was January. It was winter. End of January. I don't know if you know this, but Portland in January is like the (laughs) worst environment. It's disgusting. So really, people aren't outside a ton. So I baked cookies, Valentine's cookies, and took them to our neighbors to introduce myself. 
that we moved in. That was the very first thing I did. Um, I didn't wait for people to come to me or to invite me in or welcome me. I went to them. Um, so we just I don't kinda, remember that at all, but way to go. I know. I remember it vividly because it was disgusting outside and Jenna came over and she was so tiny then. Oh, our kids so were funny. so little. That's so funny. But that was the first thing. We've hosted, we host our yearly block party. Not last year, but usually <laughs> we've done backyard movie nights. We have neighbors over for meals, Halloween, trick-or-treating. We do chili and cornbread and then go trick-or-treating. So fun. So memorable. Um, Especially when it rains on Halloween. Too. That was like my most memorable one. There was like 20 of us all going through and we came home and ring, we could wring out our clothes. But it was memory making. Isaac's Batman costume. It was like... <laughs> It was awesome. Sopping wet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's right. So lot, lots of hosting, lots of kind of uh, celebratory holiday type things, um, and, and extending invitations along the way to those yeah. people. So we're, we don't just wait for people to show up. We'll actually be, we'll actually, like, send messages, texts. Yeah. I mean, we printed out invitation would walk them around our neighborhood for our block party. I can't remember if I've talked about this at one point too, but I also had this map. My neighbors probably think it's super weird, um, but I had a map of all our neighbors' houses, and so I could put their names on it, so I could even remember. And we were at a block party, and one of my neighbors was he was who I've gotten to know. We're pretty good friends, but he was like, "How do you remember everyone's names? Do you have a map or something?" <laughs> was like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. But yes, I'm writing down names so I can remember uh, for the future. Because it's so important to remember names, and I'm not good at it. So we do. We try to write them down and yep. yeah, remember people so that they feel seen and cared for. That's our heart in it. Yeah. <laughs> and we're getting sure. older, so our memory is not as great. Got to use tools. <laughs> oh, gosh. One of the most fun things that we did was host our, our Easter egg hunt every year. Um, that season for us might be over when COVID ended it. kids might have graduated but, out of that. Um, it was so fun. So we, fun. It was. It became a thing. I yeah. mean, 100 kids would show up. It yep. was a little wild. And all their parents and hang out. and Yeah. It, it was, was awesome. awesome. And it's like the easiest thing ever because all the stuff is picked up for you. Yeah. That's right. You lay it out, they pick it up. <laughs> In like two minutes. <laughs> That's right. Oh, gosh. What else? We, we walk around the neighborhood. Yeah. I would say like... That exercise of being present is, I mean, for us, just taking walks around the neighborhood. And we work at home, too, so we get a little benefit of that. Yeah. We can do that at various times. But um, uh, doing yard work, you know, sitting on the front porch, mm-hmm. uh, um, all those things. Taking meals. I mean, even like the technology side, you were the one who started our neighborhood on nextdoor.com, yeah. which, um, you know, has grown clearly since we started it. But we use that to engage in a Facebook neighborhood group. And mm-hmm. we just try to show up in all the spaces and be present. And say hi. Yeah. For sure. Get to know people. Simple stuff. Yep. Some can be more um, engaging than others. But I think the and for us, like our capacity kind of ebbs and flows too. So some seasons we do more, some seasons we do less. Mm-hmm. But really it's all with that kind of eye of how can we bring shalom to the world around us and how can we engage our neighbors well and build trust and and ultimately reflect Jesus to them in in both word and deed along the way. Yep. It's interesting because I feel like we're shifting into a different season and I don't know what this is going to look like with having older kids. Yeah. So we're we're learning now and kind of have an open hand like okay, what's next? What do we do in this season right. to 
Yeah, we're engaged. moving into the teenage years where it's I'm gonna it's gonna become, I think, our teenage friends, our, our yeah. ki- teenage kids' friends, on how we engage their them and their families. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. Okay, but we need to move on. Okay, we need to tell this story because we're oh, yeah we're going along here, but we <laughs> this is what not to do. Um, you can get me started on things that piss me <laughs> off. Okay, here's one of them. <laughs> so let's just tell that this is a case study on what not to do when you're a, a neighbor. Um, so I just have this, yeah, we talked about this for a second, but I have this issue with people who move into neighbors neighborhoods really just to take advantage of the neighbor neighborhood to whether it's flip a house, sell it quick, and get out, or whatever it might be, somehow, you know, how... With the heart to not make it better in any way. Right. It's all self-serving. It's, it's to get theirs and move move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this housing market, often it relates to some sort of housing choice, either building a giant obnoxious house, which is what this one was about. So right down yep. the street, there was an old house. It got torn down. A giant obnoxious house that comes right out to the curb... Doesn't match the neighborhood. Doesn't match at the neighborhood. All. And you know, it's like three times the size of the houses around it. It's kind of an eyesore. Um, a family moves in. Um, they're a nice family, but and they're Christians. Claim to be Christian, and I, I don't want to like judge, but this is the how I experience them. I don't think matches up with how I read the Bible. So um, we meet them. They go to church in town. That's great. That's great. But uh, in general their lack of engagement and lack of awareness of their neighbors like caused grief. So two, two years later, they built this house, move out quickly and are selling it and selling it for $1.3 million, <laughs> which is bonkers. I don't think they'll get that much. Insane. Uh, insane. So they're trying to get a payday for sure. But it was really interesting to watch our neighbors talk about this house for sale and talk about this neighbor and they were annoyed. They were like, uh, they <laughs> multiple just people inconsiderate had, things that continued to go on. Yeah, it was just really interesting. Like even from like a guy power washing his house at seven a.m. on Saturday, just like totally inconsiderate, or um, just in general not like engaging the neighborhood really well. Um, but it's just so fascinating to watch them critique that and ex- reflect back their experience of that family that came in got a big payday, and is out. It did not bring any shalom to the neighborhood, no, for sure. it didn't bring any of that, and it's so disheartening. Yeah, it's and honestly, really in my end, too, like, I have to look at that every day, but it feels like I'm a, I was just a cog in their machine to, to get their payday. Yeah. So, and we don't miss them. No. I And I'm not against making money or being, like, a wise steward of money, but mm-hmm. that's not how that felt. Or yeah. appeared or was experienced yeah. in our neighbors' lives, in our neighborhood. And I, I don't think they were bad people either. I just, I think their values were different. And I think they were doing their American dream sort of thing. So, yep. I kind of mind my P's and Q's. I don't want to be judgmental because I really don't think they were bad people. I think they were good people, but they did not have a vision for making the neighborhood better or being about kingdom things, shalom, that sort of stuff. Yep. Which. Brought on my blog post that I wrote and spurred this thought on because the question is, will your neighbors miss you when you move? And I really hope that if... Or, or are they going to make comments about how right, terrible of a neighbor you exactly, are? Exactly. And be glad that you're gone. If and when we leave, people would say, thank you, you made it better. Like we saw. Yep. 
things improve because you were here. We felt loved and seen because you were here, not good riddance, you know, like how do, how do we want to leave a place? Yep. Yeah. Are you going to love your neighborhood? Love your neighbors, your literal neighbors. Are you going to seek the flourishing of those? Yeah. Are we going to leave the aroma of Christ or just an aroma? (laughs) Nice. Mm -hmm. Well done. That's right. All right. That's our story about neighboring. Fun stuff. And obviously we're passionate about it. Hit us up in the comments. Yeah. If you guys are in a season similar to ours, tell us what you do. How do you engage your neighbors in that season of life? What's working? What's challenging? That sort of stuff. Uh, don't forget to check out theartofthriving.net. And Jody wrote a good blog post on there that kind of summarizes our thoughts. Ooh, and our our shirts and sweatshirts that say love your neighbor. We do have shirts and sweatshirts available that say love your neighbor. And you guys, every time my daughter wears hers, people comment. Not so much when I wear it, but for sure when I our kids wear other, it. I was wearing one the other day and it yeah. got commented on mine. People notice. Like, love your shirt, bro. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Get yours there. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. All right. Till next time. Bye, guys.